Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Real Person, Real Needs podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Desiato, and this is the story of my life. Today's episode is titled Life Lessons. Today is my son's ninth birthday. Hard to believe that he's grown so quickly and that he's been a part of my life for nine years. He's incredibly smart and kind and quirky, and he has dope glasses. Happy birthday, Jesse. These last few weeks, my kids have been home a lot from school because of the fevers and colds that seem to be running rampant at this time of year. So that makes it difficult for someone like me, who works from home, to get any real work done. It's days like these where I usually spend most of the day stuffing envelopes and labeling my monthly newsletters. I also miss my old house where I had a den in which I could work with some privacy. Oh well, first world problems, I guess. I'm just happy that I have work to do. I've also been sick for basically three months now, which is common for me as I mentioned in the previous podcast, The Return of Wheezy McGee. In fact, I should probably buy stock in Kleenex or whatever brand of tissues you find at Aldi because my family goes through a few boxes a week. Not sure where all of that snot comes from, but it's getting ridiculous. Now, there are a lot of benefits of being self-employed, like the very fact that my kids can stay home from school without it throwing our entire routine completely out of whack. But I realize that I do miss being able to phone it in and get paid to be sick. One of the few benefits of being a W-2 employee with benefits is the provided sick days. Anyway, I'm excited by the prospect of finally being able to move in the next year and a half. I do much better health-wise without wall-to-wall carpeting and a forced air heating system. So here's hoping I can find that magical combination along with an office or third bedroom to set up my little real estate empire. I'll be in heaven if that happens. Over the course of the last few months, my younger son has developed a fear of everything. And I mean everything. The problem is that I have no idea how to help him because it's all in his head. It's been difficult, but we've done our best to keep our kids shielded from many of the overly intense or scary movies, cartoons, or video games that pass for kids' entertainment these days. So when he says he's afraid of something, it seems so made up that it kind of just gets frustrating. A scary noise in his room, a weird drawing that he saw at school, or thinking that his head will fall off because he has a patch of dry skin on his neck. The stated reasons for his fear are as endless as they are pathetic. But we're now in this cycle. He refuses to fall asleep at night, just laying there, with his eyes open conjuring up images of skeletons and other things he read about in Diary of a Wimpy Kid. He comes into our room multiple times each night with some sob story. My wife and I haven't really gotten a sound sleep in weeks. But my biggest problem with his fears is that he refuses to be consoled. It would be one thing if he was scared and then came to us to be comforted and then felt better and went to sleep. But instead, he simply rehashes the same thing over and over again. We try to alleviate his fear and comfort him, but before we even put our heads back on our pillows, he's in our room again. Which brings me to the main point. I hate fear. More accurately, I hate what fear does to people. It makes us irrational, almost as irrational as sleep deprivation. 
Fear is a cycle that allows us to stay stuck in our wrong frame of mind. It's an emotional state that cripples us from making right choices. When we're afraid, that's the only thing we can think about, and we can't imagine that we'll ever be able to overcome our fears. So many people know what they want out of life, but fear keeps them from pursuing it. Fear of other people's opinions, fear of failure, fear of change, fear of the unknown, fear of missing out, fear of being let down. The list of phobias that people exhibit is staggering, and I'm sure there are new items being added to it daily. I wonder what you would call the fear of your head falling off due to the patch of dry skin on your neck. If it has a name, let me know. As humans, we often live in a perpetual state of fear. Unfortunately, we allow this fear to cripple us rather than motivate us. Like my son, we'd rather live in fear and share our fears with others than fight our way out of fear. In my opinion, people should use fear as a catalyst rather than a crutch. What are you afraid of? What are you refusing to do because fear is keeping you from doing it? Fear in and of itself is not a bad thing. Many times fear tells us that what we want to do is worth it. It's how we respond to fear that ultimately defines us. It should motivate us to take action. But oftentimes our inaction is the epitome of selfishness. Because when we allow our fear to cripple us, we're admitting to the world that our feelings are more important than the impact we could have if we would only push beyond our fragile emotional state. If we all knew our true capacity to make a difference in the lives of those around us, then we would not be afraid of any outside force impeding us. We would merely act. Imagine if everyone in this world who truly wanted to make a difference stopped being afraid. What would change? Instead, we use fear to stay in our protective bubbles, detached from any greater purpose, isolating ourselves from the world because in our minds, there's too much at stake if we really put ourselves out there. But what if instead of being afraid of pursuing our dreams, we redefined our fear? That's what I've chosen to do. The fear that motivates me is the fear of getting to the end of my life having not accomplished what I was put on this earth to do. That scary thought certainly keeps me from being stagnant and sedentary on my journey. It motivates me to try hard things, to exhaust every avenue and use every tool at my disposal in order to accomplish my goals. I'm still afraid because I don't know the end of the story, but I'm more fearful that I will allow fear itself to paralyze me. I have to remind myself daily that my momentary fear is no match for the enormous amount of regret I will experience if I refuse to try. The greater the risk, the greater the reward. The most essential thing you need to do today is overcome the very thing that is keeping you from doing what you were born to do. I sometimes get jealous of people who seem perfectly content staying where they are. I'm just being honest. I used to work with people like that. Same boring job for decades and they seemed genuinely content. Ugh. I both loved and hated these people at the same time. Why is contentment so elusive for someone like me? I recently mentioned this to my wife that sometimes I wish I was wired differently. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm comfortable with who I am most of the time. 
But every once in a while, my insecurities swim to the surface and make me wonder whether the amount of pain and heartache I'm bringing on myself while pursuing my dream is even worth it. I guess it's that whole grass is always greener thing. Instead of looking at all of the cool things I've learned and accomplished while pursuing my dreams, I can sometimes do the math about where we'd be financially if I had just stayed put and been content with a job I didn't like. Thankfully, all I have to do is remember what it felt like doing the same old thing every day. I remember not wanting to get out of bed in the morning. Sure, getting paid every two weeks like clockwork was pretty great, but at some point, even that was not enough to keep me where I was. I must have really been miserable. I'm not saying that we would be rolling in the Benjamins if I had not left my 9 to 5. As I previously mentioned, I had all but hit the ceiling of where I could go without a college degree, and going back to school to learn about something that didn't interest me just seemed awful. But starting your own business can take a serious investment of time and money. This is one of the reasons I love my wife and why God said it was not good for Jeff to be alone. Because lately, anytime I bring up the money I've spent and continue to spend on my business, she just says, hey, everyone has college loans they need to pay off. And she's right. If I stayed put, I would have had to shell out tens of thousands of dollars to a college or university to get any further in my career. And I didn't even like the industry I was in. Instead, I have total control over where the money goes and how I invest in my future. And even though in business you have to spend money in order to make money, I'm spending the money to build something I'm proud of and resonates with the core of my character. I should think of it as my own personal college loan. Except it's cheaper and directly affects my business on a practical level. Either way, I would have had to spend money. Why not on something I'm truly passionate about? So yeah, maybe things would be easier if I had someone else's personality and was able to be content going with the flow. But I have to remind myself that I'm not like other people. No one really is like anyone else. We are all uniquely wired with idiosyncrasies and weirdness that would drive another person crazy. I feel crazy half the time. I also can't assume that other people are content just because they may be better at putting on a brave face than I was or even am. I guess I'm just more easily agitated than everyone else. I know you're saying that's not surprising. As I think about this idea of contentment, I think my frustration mostly comes when my perspective is off balance. Perhaps when we focus too much on the dream destination, we see the journey as more of an obstacle to getting what we want rather than the necessary route to get there. For instance, after I play a gig and it's after midnight, I feel a sense of dread when I remember that I still have to pack up my gear and drive for 45 minutes before I can get into my cozy bed. But when I focus on the journey home instead of on my cozy bed and making the most of the time I have in the car, it helps me to enjoy it. I get to listen to music or a podcast or maybe even swing by Taco Bell for the beautifully delicious fourth meal. I'm fat, I know, and I'm not even sorry. Hashtag sorry not sorry. Anyway, having your eyes on the prize may be a good motivator. But it can also trip you up if you're not watching where you're going in the meantime. You also don't want to start looking at other people on the road and comparing your journey to their journey. You don't know their story and worrying about them will keep you from writing your own. Now I'll continue to pray for contentment because I know that's ultimately something I should have in my life. 
But I also believe that God is taking me through these difficult seasons to teach me what contentment really is. Enjoying the journey and not just arriving at a destination. For those of you who are discontent in where your life is headed, but are also struggling with fear, I encourage you to go to my website, jeffreydesiato.com slash jumpstart. I've put together a series of videos that I think would be really helpful. It's about identifying the leap in your life that you need to take and overcoming the fear of taking it. Since we last gathered on the Real Person Real Needs podcast, the world was witness to one of the greatest Super Bowls in history. The trouble is that some people probably missed it. Those same people no doubt saw that the Atlanta Falcons had the game well in hand with the score 28-3 in the third quarter and either went to bed or changed the channel. I can imagine that many columnists in Atlanta got a head start on their Monday morning columns outlining how the Falcons were Super Bowl champions for the first time in franchise history. But if you're a sports fan, you know it ain't over till it's over. What followed was a performance that no doubt cements Tom Brady's legacy as the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Now, I'm not a Tom Brady fan per se, but you simply cannot argue with the man's accomplishments. There's simply no one else who has done as much as Brady has or has performed at as high a level over this long of a career. The man is almost 40 years old, which is ancient by football standards, and he just put together one of the best seasons of his career with no signs of slowing down. If he can somehow manage to stay healthy, he could realistically play another three or four years and still be effective, essentially shattering every quarterback record there is. And who saw this coming? The answer? No one. But Brady has lived with this throughout his entire football career. He didn't even start on his college football team. He was drafted in the sixth round of the NFL draft. Heck, six quarterbacks were taken ahead of him in the 2000 NFL draft, which in hindsight only produced two names that you may even recognize, Chad Pennington and Mark Bolger. And only then if you were a true football fan. I won't rehash the story everyone has heard by now. I believe they even made a documentary about it called The Brady Six or something like that. You can look it up. Anyway, this isn't intended to be a love story to Tom Brady. Hardly. I think of it more as a love story to sports in general. The drama that unfolds in sports is often so unbelievable that it just has to be true. And more importantly, I believe that sports can be a great teaching tool for us in our daily lives. There are many people out there who've been overlooked and underappreciated their entire lives. You've probably lost count of how many times you were passed over in favor of someone else. It's been happening for so long that now you may be able to look back further on your life than you can look ahead. By now, you probably think your story is written. The columnists are just putting their finishing touches on it before going to print. It's too late to make a real impact or a significant mark on this world. But it's not. The Atlanta Falcons and their fans no doubt felt pretty good about their chances heading into the fourth quarter during the Super Bowl with a 19-point lead. Maybe they even began to roll the credits in their mind. And if that's true, then we now know that that was a big mistake. You can't stop fighting whether you're winning or losing. If you stop being aggressive, then you are essentially giving up. Whether you've spent tens of thousands of dollars for a degree that qualifies you to work in an industry you have no interest working in, or 
You feel that you've been stuck in the same dead-end job for decades without ever really identifying what you were truly meant to achieve in this life. It's never too late to fight for something you believe in. If you feel like you're running out of time and you'd rather just throw in the towel, then I would challenge you to look at this year's Super Bowl as a reminder that it's never too late for a comeback. What is something you've always wanted to do, but now you're afraid you missed out on the opportunity? Well, if you haven't tried by now, you may never know what opportunities still exist. The important thing is that you don't waste the time that you have. It's time to get to work. There were many articles written about how once the Patriots started their comeback, they knew they would win. But I disagree. I believe that the Patriots knew how much time was left and what needed to be done, and they just went to work. They did the best they could with the time they had left, and they executed. One play at a time, one first down at a time, and they methodically did the best with what they could control. On the other side of the ball, there was total panic. You could see it begin to unfold. The Falcons had dominated for the first 45 minutes of the game, but once they saw the Patriots have a little bit of success, they started to press and got out of sync. Because instead of playing to win, they started to play not to lose. You never know the outcome until the final second ticks off the clock. That's why you play for a full 60 minutes. If you do your job and execute, you may just be good enough to get to overtime. But you cannot throw in the towel. Who knows? You may be the next overlooked person to go on to be the best in their industry. But in order for that to take place, you need to get to work now and not worry about the time you've lost. Do the best with the time you have. It's never too late for your comeback. I want to take a moment to thank every single person who has subscribed to this podcast and who has downloaded or listened to episodes on my website or through a podcast app. You have no idea how humbled I am that someone would spend 20 minutes listening to a complete stranger in many cases. I hope that you'll share this podcast if you enjoy it. And I also hope that you'll take a moment to write a review on iTunes so that we can spread the message of what I'm doing here, trying to live authentically and generously in the midst of a superficial and self-centered world. You can email me, jeff at realpersonrealneeds.com. Again, G-E-O-F-F at realpersonrealneeds.com. Let me know how you came across the podcast and if you have a favorite episode thus far. Until next time. Be real, keep it real. Thanks a lot for listening and Godspeed. In the silence, I am waiting to recall the moment that I left behind. All my worries to walk a different road. I'm headed for the harvest sky.